0: Welcome back, listeners, to a special edition of the New Standard, and we felt like we wanted to bring you a special show um, on Monday because we want to get into the cap issues, free agency, because this is a very busy and a very exciting week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my
1: left, Neil Kulong. What's up, big Neil? A great day, Lance. This is, in many ways, the real Super Bowl for the business season for the the real business side uh, slash salary cap slash even draft dorks like myself, you really get into this time of the year because this is all about roster construction. And that's kind of what starts today. Uh, The the league year will start at 4 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, but today starts the official tampering period, noon Eastern today. Players and teams can come to terms on contracts they can discuss financial um uh, matters as it pertains to the player whether or not the uh the pending free agent um wants to sign with this team or that team 90 percent of the money that is spent in an nfl season is spent in the first two weeks of the league year so right now what we were talking about is transaction porn there's all kinds of stuff going on all kinds of players <laughs> moving different places, markets being reset, new contracts, uh over-optimistic viewpoints of players, incredible pessimism and taunting. We get everything starting today, Lance. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, I was going to make a joke, but then in my head,
0: I heard it, and then I had to stop myself. I had to self-edit. So, of course, and I'm glad that I did that starting Monday because it's very early on my end. So it was great that I did the edit. Big up to Felicia, big up to Mel, big up to Donovan, excuse me, and big up to everybody that's joining us live. We started a little bit early. As always, if you want to catch the program, you can catch it on YouTube, do a search for The New Standard. Also, you can catch us via podcast. Just go to your podcast feeder, whichever one you use, and do a search for The New Standard. But, you know... And Neil's comment at the start, he talked about money and he talked about transactions and he talked about the cap and the fluid situation of the cap and everything that goes on in this next two weeks, about 90% of the money being spent and allocated over the course of the league. But before we do that, it's important that we get to the foundation of this. And this is the cap. And we're going to jump through a couple of numbers to give you uh, a sense of where the Steelers are cap wise right now and of course that is fluid it is going to change because of several factors and it will be different by the time uh, the official business season starts on wednesday because this is just the tampering period but the biggest thing we want to jump into right now is just the cap number itself and the nfl set it for 22 4.8 million dollars for the league explain that number neil and just generally uh, what
1: the cap means and and what is it and how does it impact teams? Let's start with that. The NFL salary cap is a total accounting of what all teams are spending on players. That's salary bonuses, all of that together. Um, A good rule of thumb to look at the salary cap is every dollar a team spends on a player has to be counted for at some point when it gets counted is where things change up it's not just a straight roster salary not every dollar that you spend counts every year that you spend it and some years you're counting for dollars that you didn't spend teams are able to do that through the use of signing bonuses and a rule that allows them to spread uh, the total cost of that salary bonus over the life of the contract that they signed simply put you sign a a five-year contract and you get a $10 million signing bonus, you can spread that $10 million incrementally, evenly over each year of that contract. So the signing bonus would count for $2 million on each year of it. The prorated amount of that remains um, on the team's books. This is what you hear referred to as dead money. In other words, if that player is cut after one year, they paid him – the $10 million signing bonus. He gets that over the first year of the contract, but there's still $8 million left to account for on the salary cap. If he's cut, all of that counts in that season. Uh, Otherwise, it just continues to uh, come out in $2 million increments on the cap. So the player gets the signing bonus. He's paid that signing bonus in the first year of of the contract. That's up to the team typically and how they do that. I know the Steelers pay it out uh, along with their game check. So they get their signing bonus in, um, uh, well, weeks of the season, actually. So 18 weeks of the season, 17 games in a buy. They get uh, that prorated version of uh, the money. The salary cap, the, the, the signing bonus itself is counted for on the cap throughout the life of the contract. So uh, what we're looking at is the salary cap number is your base salary plus your prorated... Um, a prorated amount of signing bonus if you got one and whatever other bonuses are outstanding. There are things like roster bonuses, which are considered to be likely to be earned L P T B E, whatever. New <coughs> knew I shouldn't have tried that. <laughs> uh, likely to be earned bonuses count immediately on your cap and they are refunded at the end of the season. If they're not met in what's called the final reconciliation, So uh, players that sign contracts today, whatever that amount is for, we don't necessarily know the final uh, salary cap number for that year, but it's going to be lower than just what the average per year, the APY value of the deal would be. So uh, TJ Watt is a good example. He signed a ginormous deal a couple of years ago. His uh, first year cap hit was only like 10 million or something like that because they spread out the bonus over the life of the contract. Now, one thing to remember with the Steelers and what they do is they typically don't pay out market value signing bonuses. In other words, if the top players at this position tend to get a $20 million signing bonus, they tend to give a little bit less than that. But then what they do is they have big year two uh, base salaries. They, base salary counts dollar for dollar on the salary cap in that year. So what they're able to do is then take that base salary, convert it into a signing bonus. So the player gets that money in that season, guaranteed the way that they would have with a signing bonus, but they have the ability to get out of the deal after one year if it doesn't work for them. And teams also have to have uh, a, a certain percentage. I believe it's 60% of that bonus at the time of signing held in escrow with the league; Otherwise they can't pay it. So teams might not have $60 million in cash or 60 million in, in, in cash at the time of signing. So um, they have to be able to get that. They might try to work around it one way or another. If the player agrees to it. My point is that a guy like cam Hayward um, tip probably should have gotten like a, 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 $20 million signing bonus. On his last extension, he got a $10 million signing bonus and then had a $10 million um, base salary the next year. They converted that, what's called a restructure, to make that money into a signing bonus and then spread it out over the rest of the deal and lower his cap number. Um, The restructures are done in an effort to lower salary cap charges for that particular year. It taxes it on to the end of the year, so their cap number increases uh, a bit more each of the later years of a deal. At some point, though, you have to account for that money being spent. That's what the salary cap is, and and that's probably as simple as I can make it, Lance. Let's peel it back just a little bit. So the cap itself
0: is set by the league. The number is set by the league, and that was 224. However, because of carryover and adjustments... No problem. No problem. At the end of the year, as Neil was talking about, as that accounting comes due, your cap number for your particular team can adjust. So the cap number is fluid across the league. There's just a threshold that's initially set by the league. So if you were to look after the cap adjustments for the league, for instance, the Cleveland Browns uh, have the largest cap at two hundred and fifty-one million, approximately. So for the Steelers, they, they did. There was, mm. they did. They probably don't now. They, they um,
1: restructured
0: Watson. They cleared like forty or something. Okay, so, and so for the Steelers, the carryover was about four four point five million dollars. So Typical Pittsburgh's ad, <laughs> Pittsburgh's adjusted cap that they're working with for the year is twenty two two hundred twenty nine million dollars. They had dead money of about eight million. And also in the calculation, only the top fifty-one salaries are counted in this in this accounting in
1: terms of trying to get cap compliant. And, and for until, that amount, it yeah. was yeah. they, that top fifty one is the top fifty one highest paid players you have on your team. That yes. counts until final cutdown day then it's, yes. your roster, it's your entire roster because they'll carry a bunch of roster. guys in the off season, 90, as opposed to 53 on game day. You have to be under the total cap um, after your final cuts. So top 51 refers to the top 51 highest paid players. That has to be under the salary cap as of uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Wednesday. So your cap number. So for the Steelers,
0: their top 51 was about 209 million, about two hundred and ten. They were carrying about 8 million in dead money. So, when you total everything up, and if you're looking at the Steelers' cap, you would take that 229, you would subtract out the dead money. Um, So, that would be that would adjust the number again. And then you would get to whatever your remaining is. So, your top 51, you add whatever dead money and you subtract that from your adjusted cap number. And that leaves the Steelers somewhere around. $10.4 10.4 million dollars and one of the reasons they got to that number was because of the waving of William Jackson so they saved some money there and so what we're trying to say is that every number we gave you just now is going to change very but, well could change during the show in fact and and the reason that could change and break that down we were talking about that before we started the show is because of the Restricted free agent tenders that the Steelers will probably place on several players. And you can have your draft tender. Uh, you can have a first round tender, second round tender. You can have your original draft tender um, or you could not be tendered at all. And each of those tenders come with different values which impact your cap and they will be subtracted from the Steelers cap number. Uh, of 209.9 million of the amount of where they're at, which means their remaining cap space will be reduced as well by whatever the amount, the total amount of those
1: tenders. So talk about that real quick, Neil. Yeah, the Steelers have uh, right now four restricted free agents, which means these are players who are not signed uh, currently for the 2023 season and have less than four years of accrued experience within the NFL. Those four. Uh, The Steelers have are Steve, wide receiver Steve Sims, cornerback James Pierre, center JC Hassenauer, and running back Jeremy McNichols. Uh, What that means for them is they are uh, technically free agents, but the team is able to put, uh, uh, give them a tender offer for one year based on their status. And that lines them up to possibly receive compensation if those players uh, leave and leave and sign elsewhere. Um, the, the tender itself can be given in three different amounts. Like you mentioned uh, first round tender, which means that's the compensation the Steelers would get back. If they gave that tender to one of these players that costs a salary for that player of $6 million, a second round tender is $4.3 million for this year. And the third one is right of first refusal, which means um, that player can go sign elsewhere. If the Steelers want to match that contract, um, they're able to do that. They don't get compensation if they don't, though. That's the most common one, and that's $2.6 million this season. A little bit higher than I, I estimated in our pre-show call, Lance. Uh, three of them, I would think for the Steelers that they would uh, um, entertain bringing back um, in order. I would say James Pierre would be first uh, half an hour would probably be second Sims. I don't really think they have high interest in Sims at that salary, but they might. Um, I really don't remember who Jeremy McNichols is. I don't expect them to pay him $2.6 million this year. So uh, they might give out three of them. And if that's the case, you math majors can figure out 2.6 times three, um, that number seven, something, um, would come off of their cap. Um, that's, that's, Pretty substantial, if you think about it, for three probably role players. Um, I'm not 100% sure they would do any of them, to be honest. I I think you could get J.C. Asenauer for less than $2.6 million, so probably not him. Pierre would be the one I I think that they would seriously entertain bringing back because they don't really have any cornerbacks uh, and none next year. So along with the draft, along with Pierre, I don't think Cam Sutton's going to stay. We're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, overall, I, I think Pierre would be the one that they would keep. But uh, we'll wait and see. Usually they would have done this by now. They haven't. Uh, maybe there's a reason for it. They're not going to keep any of them.
0: You know what McNichols is, Neil? McNichols, uh, no. is the number, <laughs> really McNichols is the number nine at McDonald's. It comes with two cheeseburgers, uh, new McDonald's onion rings, and a McFlurry. McDonald's has that, onion rings now? No, they're new, specifically for the oh, for Oh, for this, for this trade, okay. <laughs> for yeah, the for the McNichols. Long. It's the number nine <laughs> for the McNichols. I want to jump into something real quick before we jump into the Steelers' strategy around free agency, some of their free agents. Who do we think they're going to target in free agency in terms of their own players and street free agents? I want to get into a comment that Felicia made, and it's a comment that sometimes is misleading. Um, and she wrote, okay, we have 10 million to spend. That's not much in NFL terms, but in life I can live with it. It's not necessarily you have 10 million. you you have 10 million to work with. How you kind of navigate that amount of space is where the creativity comes with the cap because we've seen numerous teams in numerous times where it looks like a team has like, they have 10 million in cap space, but they sign like six players. It's just it's just space. How you use it and how you maneuver it is how you do it. But don't think of it as I
1: have 10 million so I can it it kind of isn't like that. It's kind of make believe. I think the it's- best way to put it is cash and cap are not the same things. Okay? Absolutely. They have the, they, they have the space what they're going to pay in cash is different than what they're going to be charged against the cap. So keep that in mind. Uh, NFL teams are probably not as liquid as you think that they are. Uh, Billionaire owners are not guys that have a billion dollars in their checking accounts. It's, it's not, you know, they they don't have it in cash. Um, NFL teams don't typically operate with that much cash on hand. Especially smaller markets uh, like like the Steelers, I know that they don't have fifty million dollars sitting there to go out and sign a bunch of players. Um, they get as as Lance said, they get creative with how they're using the space. That's not money to spend necessarily. Um, like I said, they have ten million in space. They have three um, reasonable uh, players on their roster who are restricted free agents. If they get if they let all three of those walk they got to find three guys to replace them as well. So you're talking about if you gave a, uh, um, right of first refusal tenders to all three of those, that's over $7 million in cash and space that you're using for those three players. That's a pretty healthy chunk. So it, it really is not, to, to Felicia's point, it's really not a lot of uh, uh, space to work with considering the entire roster. They have a lot of guys they need to, to, to sign, um, they have a, a, a rookie class that will come out of that same cap number. Um, they can still lower it though, and that's what I would expect. Um, we hear about after the RFAs, the restricted free agents, um, it, signing players, certain players to extensions can lower their cap number in this year. Um, there, there's a lot of mo- there there are a lot of moves that will still be made, uh, certainly between now and the draft but probably between now and Wednesday. So they're sitting on 10.4 right now. I would expect a couple other moves. Um, if, if this helps, the Steelers typically operate in the season with somewhere between 4 and $8 million in space. That's usually where they are. Uh, one way or another, they roll over about what they did. What did you say, Lance? 4.4 they rolled over? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, And then that helps add to to the next year's cap, but they like to spend up to, you know, the 95th percent of whatever the cap happens to be. And they'll probably do that. So you can always get a pretty good sense of what the Steelers will do based on how far away they are from that four to eight million range. And right now it's way early, but they're, they're a little bit over it. Uh, RFAs need to be signed. They're going to give an extension to somebody they always do. Uh, probably sign some lower-level free agents. I don't think this is a year to get super excited that they'll make a a big splash day one. But I said the exact same thing on the show last year before they signed Mitch Trubisky. So uh, buckle up. You never know. Yeah, that's the excitement about this. It's so fluid, and it happens so fast.
0: And Neil made an important point uh, very early in the show, uh, and it's restructures. And, you know, certain contracts on your team are literally cap space banks, where you could just literally go to those deals and get cap space. The cap, like uh, Felicia said, again, is uh, so cap space is like a cap statement.
1: Sounds it sounds like facts, but it's actually fiction. Oh, the the arguments that brings up felicia you have no idea that the battle yeah, it's that, exist, it's, that the, i call them the cap truthers people that that take the salary cap as far more restrictive than it actually is um the contrary that side to that is people that that say the cap is a myth it's not real the answer is in between the two but it's closer to it, it's less realistic than people think that it is it, it's to lance's point some of these contracts it's not even like they sit down 2 weeks ahead of free agency and say hmm what can we do here they signed the contract 2 years ago knowing they were going to yeah, do this the they're yeah. well aware of it and some of the contracts it's clear as day that's what they're going to do patrick mahomes is the most probably the most famous one in the nfl people are ripping on his contract he's going to get his money guaranteed every single year they have to restructure him every single year his cap number at the end of his contract will be enormous but the cap is going to increase throughout that time as well. It's a smart deal. He's getting maybe not absolute top of market money, but excellent money. He's always in the top five uh, for several years and they'll continue to restructure his contract to knock his cap number down. Um, It's it's a way for both sides, I think, to kind of make sure everything is safe and secure, but that contract alone just kind of proves how flexible the cap is and how, you know, it's, it's, It's meant to account for everything and it's meant to put a limit on some things, but it's not that restrictive and it's not designed to be, they're not cheating it or anything. They're just making sure every dollar is accounted for spending can continue to increase, which is what players obviously want. It's what we as fans want. Um, There's nothing really shady about it. It's just not the, the, you know, the cop that everyone makes it out to be.
0: Yeah. It's in the terms they use for it are soft and hard. Um, it's a soft cap. Absolutely. It's just, yeah. it's just fluid. It's not a hard the, the cap. Way, it's,
1: it's not a hard copy. It's not a hard cap because they're able to maneuver around it. Yes. in, in well, I shouldn't even say around. They can work within the cap pretty easily. Within, Everyone still yes. gets paid. It, it's, it works fine. It's just not rigid. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of a guideline,
0: but let's shift into, Uh, the strategy around free agents and what we've seen probably all through uh, the Colbert era. And it changed a little bit later as the Steelers got a little more aggressive in terms of uh, finding street free agents or signing street free agents. Uh, But right now it's going to be interesting. And that's why this free agent period is, is so interesting. I think for the Steelers, it's because you've got a new GM. You've got Omar Khan. You've got Andy Wheel in the process. And so this is going to be interesting to see how the Steelers address it and what they do. From your perspective, Neil, uh, looking at the list of unrestricted free agents, and let me, and let me give you uh, the list of those as I pull it up right here. I had it up on my phone. Uh, but let me pull it up. In terms of the unrestricted free agents, I think the, the biggest one definitely is um, that everyone is pointing to and alluding to is Cam Sutton. And let me give you the rest of the numbers here or, or the guys' names here. And that's Cam Sutton, Larry Ogan Joby, Terrell Edmonds, uh, Devin Bush, uh, DeMonte KZ, Roberts Spillane, Mason Rudolph, Derek Watt, Chris Warmley, Benny Snell Jr., Malik Reed, Trent Scott, Zach Gentry, Miles Boykin, Tyson Alulu, Jesse Davis, Marcus Allen, and Carl Joseph. Do you want to go through the list and kind of give us a thumbs up or a thumbs
1: down, or or do you want to just kind of go on the overall strategy of what you think is going to happen? It's tough. I think we should start with the overall strategy, just because there there are some names in there, um, perhaps yes. a little bit more than usual. Uh, they're they're going to let a lot of guy a lot of guys walk this year, and um, in many cases, it's probably a good thing. This is really sort of a, a, a transition year in terms of the depth of the roster. They need to rebuild that. And some of these guys are just going to be certainly right away too expensive. They're going to let, this is typical. Let's start with this as far as strategy goes. The Steelers um, typically, and this is I guess probably true of a lot of teams. I'm just going to focus on, on the Steelers because I know it. Um, they let players enter free agency to get a sense of what their market is. It's giving the player the opportunity to go find their money. And in many cases, if they want them back, What they'll say is, okay, well, if you want to come here, let us know what they're offering you. We'll see what we can do about it. I would imagine somebody like Terrell Edmonds, somebody like Cam Sutton, these are guys that they're interested in seeing what type of market might materialize. You might remember with Terrell Edmonds last year when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, they let him into free agency, and he spent a month in free agency before he came back and signed a one-year deal with the Steelers for a lot cheaper than I thought that they would. I would think that would probably be similar this year. And now you've got Casey as Casey as well um, to bolster that market, to bolster uh, the position. I would think they'd need to bring one of them back. I would think that they would want Edmonds. I don't know what the safety value is really hard to determine. So um, their strategy would be to let these guys walk in, in free agency, see what's out there, but they have their eyes on other players. They're going to talk to other people. Um, and see how they can best improve their team, um, uh, you know, up to, to the limitations that they have uh, financially, which are bigger this year than they were last year. So, um, a lot of these guys, you know, somebody like Devin Bush, yeah, go see their market if, if it's pretty soft. Which, to be honest with you, there are a lot of good inside linebackers on the market this year. I don't know what Devin Bush is going to pull in. I, it, it's Inside linebacker is really hard. Devin Bush is is really difficult to evaluate in a lot of ways. Um, but for the sake of continuity, if Devin Bush doesn't get anything and wants to come back for $2 million, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers do that deal. Um, I don't think that he'll get $2 million, though. Um, I say that now. I, I don't know. It very well could happen. Uh, he's He's got the pedigree, you know, the three Ps, Lance. He, he's one of those kinds of guys. Somebody might overspend for him. There are a lot of teams that have a ton of cap space. You know, Chicago could take the cap space that they have available and buy a small country. So they have a (laughs) lot of money to spend. They have to spend up to a certain point too. So the bears are probably going to spend above market for a couple of players. Um, Probably not Chase Claypool, <laughs> but uh, seeing Devin Bush and Chase Claypool reunited in Chicago would, would do my heart a lot of good. I know I, know, uh, I would enjoy that <laughs> quite a bit. We'll see what pans out, but the Steelers will leave the door open. They're not saying no to anybody because they're not signed today. It depends on what the market will bear. Will they give them more money? Um, are they not going to get what they think they can get, but they want to stay in Pittsburgh? I, I, I don't know which of that group will come back, but they're going to sign a few of them. I, I would expect that to happen.
0: The K-Z, and it doesn't happen often uh with the Steelers, uh, but the K-Z versus Bush kind of not a dilemma, but a lot of times the Steelers don't have position groups essentially, I don't know, battling against each other, players in a position group to see who's gonna come back. In terms of that Bush versus K-Z argument, you know, I, I think the combination of Minka Fitzpatrick. And not Bush versus KZ, excuse me, Edmonds versus KZ. Uh, I, I like the combination of Minka Fitzpatrick and Edmonds. I like the flexibility that Edmonds brings to that defense, particularly his ability to play in the box and his ability to cover tight ends. And we've seen, um, we've seen him run down the seams with wide receivers. I mean, from a physical aspect. You know, we were talking about RAS last week. And I haven't looked up Edmonds' RAS, but I'm pretty sure Edmonds' RAS is probably at the top end of safeties. He's a physical marvel. He's a physical freak. He comes from great DNA. And I, I think there's something to be said by keeping a safety tandem together that's played the amount of snaps that those two do. So, But if I'm looking at this list, I think – in terms of the list of free agents, I think the ones that are going to be most targeted by the Steelers are Cam Sutton, Larry Ogunjobi. Um, I think the KZ, Bush are going to be, those are going to be two players that the Steelers are looking at. Um, any other name pop out in um, those names as guys that you think will be back? I think maybe Zach Gentry um, <laughs> on a very small deal. Um Benny Snell actually I think will be back as well. Uh he's a
1: you know, he's a great uh special teams you're, player. You're you're missing the special teams player they need to retain. That's the one that I would look at is Miles Boykin. I, I think that's yes. a guy you can get uh relatively cheap. Now it, it's tough because it, the, the funny thing is, if it <clears throat> if it matters to anybody on here, you might remember former Steelers draft pick Tyler Medikavic, uh just re-signed. Uh, with the Bills, news of that broke uh, during this show. It's um, not, it, Maticavich is in that high level special teams player kind of role. That role has gone for typically a valuation of about 3 million uh, APY per year. That's what Maticavich had, give or take, a few million. Derek Watt was signed after Maticavich signed with Buffalo. A couple of years ago, the Steelers signed Watt to replace Medikevich in, in, in his salary slot. Then the Steelers brought in Boykin, who had a restricted free agency tender um, that the Ravens didn't want. So the Steelers had picked him up and they had two special teams guys. If you include Miles um, Killebrew into that at the two million range, they were spending a lot on what looked like core special teams guys. So Medicavich resigns with the Bills right before free agency. Now Watt is a free agent, and so is Boykin. So I, I think one of them probably comes back again on roughly what uh, whatever Buffalo is paying Medicavich. I know it's a two-year deal. I don't have the contract terms in front of me. Give him a raise though. It's probably four, uh, three and a half, four. I think is is a reasonable market. Uh, for that range, uh, Felicia brings up Marcus Allen as well. Personally, a guy that gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for running into somebody's huddle to taunt them during a, a must-win game for the team. Not a guy I want anymore. I'm fine letting him walk, but core special teams guy. Uh, I don't think even with special teams play, he's worth $3 million, so I'd, I'd probably let him walk. Um, Boykin, though, is probably the best of the guys that I mentioned as far as special teams goes. I think Boykin's a guy that they want to bring back. Uh, Not only does he kind of fit the bottom of uh, what should be a a much more experienced wide receiver group this year, not going to use him a whole lot, but you never know. Uh, He's experienced. He knows what to do. If uh, Pickens were to suffer an injury, uh, Boykin's a guy that knows how to, to run the routes. He knows what the offense is. That's what you're paying your fifth or sixth receiver to do, but he needs to be, a, a big special teams player, which is Boykin. So I, I think Boykin is a guy, um, not the sexy pick, not the guy I think people want to talk about today, but he would be the one of that group that I would see them bringing back. I'm interested though, in what they want to do with Zach Gentry. <clears throat> um, do you want to bring in another younger tight end to go along with Frymuth, who's who's clearly going to get uh, the bulk of the snaps, the developing Connor Hayward, um, kind of the, 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 um, the, the versatile version he can play H back he can play on the line did a lot of great things in the offense especially uh, over the second half of the season was very impressed with how well he developed you're good with your two tight ends there Gentry is a solid blocker um, I think they probably uh, overestimated his agility a little bit he got a lot of uh, a lot of short screens for some reason I'm not really sure why he's running George Kittle like routes but um, fine whatever. They seem to like him, but Gentry came a long way. Gentry got to be a better receiver, and he's a good blocker. So uh, I'm curious what they do there. There are always Gentry types available in the draft. Will they get another young one, though? That's the question that, uh, that I would have. Uh, somebody to watch. I'd say odds are against bringing him back, but I could see him being uh, later in free agency, maybe as far out in June uh, leading into camp, somebody that they would bring back based on how they end up doing uh, in the draft.
0: I would love if they upgraded that position, but we'll we'll talk about that later where you could see them running some 13, some 12. I would love for the for to get uh Hayward on the field. Uh that that touchdown pass he caught against Atlanta was very impressive. I'd like to see some of that injected into the offense. But as we were talking about strategy, and, and we'll talk more about because I think I think we're all on point in terms of the targets. I would love for them to bring Larry O back. Um, I would love for Cam Sutton to come back. Um, I I think we're going to see, uh, we're going to possibly, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it real quick. But when you talk about strategy, your free agent strategy involves two things, street free agents and your own free agents. We talked about your free agents, your team free agents. Uh, In terms of street free agents, we had a question here and you posed it and it was a topic that we're going to jump into will the Steelers make any big name signings and what would you define as a big name
1: signing? That's, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think a, a big name signing is somebody that Steelers fans recognize uh, from around the league, not just what they hear about as soon as the guy's name pops up. Like Jeremy McNichols is not a, a big name. I'm going to rip on that he guy needs. for a while. unfortunately, um, Some might consider Devin Bush to be a big signing. So if he signs with Denver, um, Denver fans will probably remember that because, you know, the, the Broncos traded that pick and uh, the Steelers used it on four years of mediocrity at best with Devin Bush. Um, they get him back at, at, at you know, one-eighth of the cost. I'm sure they'll be kind of excited. As far as the Steelers go this year, I would not anticipate them – signing a a big name a lot of asterisks in that though big name is relative I put it this way James Daniels probably not what I would consider to be a big name they gave him the type of contract though uh, a little bit less but I thought uh, they were going to go after uh, uh, Brandon Scherf who signed with the Jaguars he was the top guard in the market I figured they were going to they were going to spend money on a guard. We talked about that last year uh, in, in this same segment, Lance, um, they signed Daniels to it. I have no clue whether they went after sure or not, but Daniels got the money um, that I figured they were going to spend on an interior offensive lineman. And then they signed Mason Cole as well. Uh, less money. He's not a big name either. Um, I might have considered kind of Larry Ogan Joby to be a big name. Um Other people might not have heard of him beyond the the Mason Rudolph thing, so he doesn't really count. We know who he is for sure. It's about the money, and that depends on position. You're looking at length of contract. Something over two years should be considered big, uh, certainly for the Steelers, for a a player that's not one of theirs. Um, You want to say guaranteed money kind of is everything, but there's something to be said about a three-year, $30 million deal would be a big deal for the Steelers. Um, you remember they signed Steven Nelson a couple of years ago? I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Uh, they did that the, the, uh, the opening night of free agency. Um, the Steelers, under Kevin Colbert, operated one way. Might it be different now? Yeah, I mean, we, don't, we don't know. I mean, we literally don't know. That, that's the point. I don't know. Um, I don't think their financial position is great to do that but I'm also not looking at their books I don't know what they have geared up there are a lot of moves that they can make between now and the start of the league year on Wednesday so knowing that uh, they can move a lot of things around in, in fact I feel like they will you know I, I 10 million is not going to be where they end up they'll probably be a little bit more under that in the cap but do you want to try to extend Alex Highsmith is that worth doing um, do you want to bring back all of the RFAs plus a, a, a couple of your internal guys? Well, they're internal guys that were on a, a non-playoff team um, last year that was 2-6 and six at one point. Um, Chris Wormley is a guy that, that uh, produced pretty well for you. Do you want to put everything in and sign, sign Cam Sutton to an extension? I think Cam Sutton, market-wise, is a guy that, that's looking at 13 a year, 14 maybe, uh, and and a, a former Steelers coach is now the defensive coordinator for a team that absolutely needs secondary help in the, the, the Vikings. I wouldn't be surprised if he's coming here to Minnesota. Um, it, there's a lot of things that can happen, and their mentality is usually see how the market is reacting to what's out there and look around for the best deals. Um, we haven't heard anything on Miles Jack. Miles Jack, reasonable, not great player last year. million salary, that's a contract that's meant to be cut or extended depending on uh, how well he's going to do. Do you want to keep Miles Jack uh, for this season $8 million? Depends on what you want to do with him, and it depends on who you have. Mark Robinson is the other one. Keep in mind, Robert Spillane, too, is an unrestricted free agent. So you lost a lot of depth at linebacker if you lose Bush and Spillane. Um, You had a draft one. Do you want to bring in another young guy along with Robinson with the new linebackers coach and Jack? Might be tough. You might want to bring in a veteran as well. Should it be a core veteran special teams guy? I don't know. What are you doing with Boykin? What are you doing with Watt? There's a lot of things that go into this, and we could go for days on it. I don't think this would be the year that they'll sign um, more than maybe one contract at an eight or nine or $10 million uh, uh, APY. That's my guess. I don't think they're going to bring Cam Sutton back. I think he's earned a much bigger market than what the Steelers can pay. I do think, though, a veteran cornerback wouldn't hurt. Um, they need to draft one. We know that because Arthur Maulet, Levi Wallace, and Akella Witherspoon are all uh, gone after this season. They all have one year left on their deal, and we don't know what they're doing with Pierre. So um, they might not have any cornerbacks next year. They need to draft one. It might not be a bad idea to bring somebody in. Um, big shout out though to our boy Isaiah Bugs. Uh, he is reportedly signing a two-year extension with the Detroit Lions. Really great to see him making some hay somewhere else. I love Isaiah Bugs not because he was a consistent player, because he absolutely was not, but because of the two-gap play he made uh, against Lamar Jackson on fourth down in the pandemic yes. year uh, to seal the game for them late. Yes, big yes. goal line stop on fourth down. Bugs made that play like a pro. Uh, great move. I'm excited for him just for that. Uh, Steeler for life. I'm one of those kinds of people. I root for him. And obviously, Tyler Medikevich as well. Congratulations to them. Still in the NFL. It's good to see uh, Steelers. Did we draft Bugs? We drafted Bugs, right? He was like yes. a six or I seven draft pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's good to see Steelers draft picks uh, making hay elsewhere. I'm not sure there was really room for Bugs here. Um, there wasn't for Medikevich either. But uh, they're making hay and good for them. And interesting, you said 13
0: million. Interesting looking at the APY and that's average per year. And of the cornerbacks, and I'm just looking at some names here. Stephon Gilmore is at 10 million. Uh Dante Jackson is at from point Four seven. years ago. Yeah, four that's 13. Ago. Yeah, that that Jackson Jackson's at 13. Uh Shavarius Ward is at 13.5. Marcus Peters is at fourteen thousand. Carlton Davis at 14.8. So, you know, you throw a dart on the board, it's going to be somewhere around there. I can't see the APY being Xavier Hayward territory at $18 million, And if it is at $18 million, he should walk and go ahead and get that deal and go ahead and get that money because that would be a great deal for Cam Sutton. It would change, definitely change, uh, you know, his family's future. Uh, and, 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 you know, kudos to him if that's something uh, that he could do. But, you know, it's going to be a lot of fluidity for this free agent period. A lot of it's going to be a lot of decisions. And I like how you framed in terms of big name or big signings, because it is a combination of player, who the player is, what their reputation is across the league and the money and the size of the contract. You put those two together and that's what defines big. I mean, everybody knows Jalen Ramsey from his outstanding play they know the name they know the personality they know he's making a ton of money so when you say Jalen Ramsey gets traded and it pops across ESPN it's a big deal it's a big deal it's a big name it's a big contract it's big and so you know essentially you can also probably define it by you know if you don't see the transaction on the ticker it's probably not big I mean, I mean, if you want to just do it that way, I mean, of course it's different for football teams in terms of the production and what that player um, is going to provide between the lines. But, you know, if you're not on the ticker or if you're on the ticker but you don't pay attention to it, like the ticker's on the bottom of our screen, it's not big. It's not a big deal. So let me ask you this, though, Neil, a- a- as we conclude. Uh, as we get to the end of it, uh, what positions do you think they should target in free agency?
1: I think a lot of this you have to look at uh, the overall plan of what they're trying to do. I, I think where I sit today for one year, uh, inside linebackers probably more of a need than cornerback, though. I'm not happy with the cornerbacks either. And you also have to worry about the safeties. So to me, it's definitely going to be on defense. Uh, There is a draft. Everybody, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's if we're going to break it up into groups, they need to sign somebody within that. Now they typically sign Levi Wallace, not Jalen Ramsey. So fans get upset about that. If they don't bring in a top of market type of guy, they're not going to do that. So if, if we're looking reasonably at what's out there, there are a lot of good, experienced inside linebackers available, and that position does not cost a whole lot. Would not surprise me if they brought in another veteran, um, probably less of a price than, than Miles Jack, but create the opportunity for, for a competition between the new guy and Jack come training camp and give themselves some flexibility with the draft. You know, you don't want to if, – if you have some money to spend, you want to be able to fill in some holes before going to the draft, to have to draft guys who have to play. okay, that, That's the problem that they've gotten into uh, the last, well, two years ago, and we talked about this a bunch. Their first three picks had to be guys that were going to play high volume with snaps, and they were. It was Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and Kendrick Green. Um, two of the three are pretty decent picks. You're happy with the, the production that they put out. But all three of them were going to have to play a ton. And last year's class had to play a pretty good amount as well. Not for injuries. You would have seen DeMarvin Leal play quite a bit. Um, Connor Hayward was was taking significant snaps toward the end of the year they would rather be in a position considering they're on you know just at the edge of uh, the front half of the draft so right in the back part of it they don't want to have to draft three guys who have to play 700 plus snaps so you want uh, to be able to develop because that's probably the type of player that you're going to get from that spot in the draft, but they do have more draft capital than they usually have. they got three picks in the top 50, so they they could find a couple guys who uh, could play right away at the more premium positions, which I think they need uh, for the future as far as the offensive tackles and the cornerbacks go. In my opinion, two of their first three picks are going to be at those positions, so do you need to sign a veteran uh, for any of those if that's what you want long term? So to me, I think the focus is probably going to be on inside linebacker. Um, you probably want to draft one of those as well, but uh, cornerback is is absolutely a need long term. They're going to need to draft one. They may need to sign one as well. If they can't bring Sutton back, uh, they might need to find somebody just to make sure they have somebody and are not looking for a starter uh, come June. You know that that that's definitely not the position you want to be in. So it, for me, um, call it. it I think they'll avoid corner in free agency. They'll look for it in the draft. I think inside linebacker will be a free agency uh, target of theirs. And they'll, as always, look around for bargains. If you if there's a good player out there wherever uh, they have something of a need, somebody that's going to improve their team this year, I think they'll make a run for it. It just depends on who it is and how much that's going to cost.
0: stacks 434 brought up a good name, and I'm familiar with the kid because – I live out in the Bay Area, so I see him a lot. That's an interesting name. Azahiz Al Shair, the linebacker from the 49ers. He's young and he can play. He's gonna get money. He, yeah. he, he, he's gonna get money. He's gonna get paid by somebody. Um, because he can absolutely play. And, and and their linebacker core and and that team was was awesome. And he was he stood out as well with the rest of those boys. He could play. Um and, and I'm sure he's gonna get money. Uh, but I, I'm I'm hoping that the Steelers make a splash or two. I mean, I'm not highly optimistic of it. Um, you know, this team usually makes solid foundational type spending to augment and supplement the roster, not necessarily to bring in stars to raise the tide significantly. Um, as Reginald Rivers is complimenting, I'm laughing in the chat, complimenting. Felicia's picture in the chat. Leave Felicia alone, Reginald. (laughs) Uh, But it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers proceed. And uh, I know if you guys see uh, some of my short rants, um, my last one was 29 touchdowns rant. One of these draft picks better be on the offensive side of football in these top 50 picks, man, (laughs) because you can't score 29 touchdowns over the course of a 17-game season and realistically think you're competing for a championship. Uh, but with that, Neil, we're going to go ahead and get off the show. want to thank everybody who chimed in with us today and joined us for this special free agency primer show. We're also going to be back on Wednesday because every cap number that we gave you, except for the NFL cap, what the Steelers adjusted cap was, is going to switch it will their be amount wrong. of cap space. Is going to change. Uh, The carryover, dead money, that stuff is the same, the top 51. But their cap space will change by Wednesday. So hopefully by Wednesday we're talking about some signing and some football stuff too as well in addition to some of the numbers. But with that, we're going to conclude the program. Big up to my guy, Claude. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.